According to Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, African Americans are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population. Add to that that only about one quarter of African Americans seek mental health care compared to 40% of whites. I cannot wait to dive into this episode where Olivia B. Shepard is leading the way to change these statistics and make a significant impact. Welcome to another episode of Triumph and Tierras. I am your hostess, Suzanne Proxa, business strategist and coach for female entrepreneurs who are purpose-driven and looking to make a major impact in the world. This podcast is my passion and is intended to showcase women who have overcome obstacles to hopefully inspire and empower all of you to do the same. And now on with the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Triumph and Tierras. I am super excited to be here today with Olivia B. Shepard. She has had quite a journey with mental illness and she is going to talk to us about her story today. And I know that some of you listened to my first episode where I talked about some of my own issues. Um, so this one is really going to uh, hit my heart, I think. Um, so welcome, Olivia. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to you all. I am glad to be here as well to share my story. So Olivia, why don't you uh, tell us just a little bit about you and tell us your story. Um, well, I am Olivia Shepard. Um, I wasn't diagnosed um, with de uh, major depression until um, last year. Um, I think I've suffered for, from depression for years. Um, I was raped at 12 and, you know, it was a lot. Um, the, the man that raped me is my father and I'm his caretaker to this day. So I think I've been suffering from it um, for years. I just never got it treated because in the African-American community, it's not talked about. So there's no such thing as being depressed. You know, you depression, snap out of it or you need to stop being sad. Um, so I suffered from it for a long, long time. And as time got um, um, farther along, my father had a stroke. Um, and I was his, I had to be his caretaker in 2014. And that's when it became prevalent to me that something's wrong with me. So I ended up having flashbacks of things when I was 12. I started drinking a lot. I was talking about suicide all the time. I mean, things were just not going well from like 2014. Everything just was going to hell and back my marriage. You know, it was just a horrible, horrible year with my dad having the stroke. I'm, 
being there, having to be his caretaker. I don't know where anything is of his. I don't know anything about taking care of parents, especially when they're not old yet. And it was just a big, big thing on me. So there would be nights when I would have the symptoms I'm feeling, but I just didn't pay him any attention because, like, we don't discuss that in the African-American community, period. You just say, you're sna- you just get over it. Just get over it, you know? And that's what I heard from 2014 up until 2016. And then on 2017, each year, I would get worse and worse and worse. It got to the point where I just stopped working altogether because I couldn't even get out of my bed in the morning. I wouldn't shower. And if you saw me, everybody, looks through, you can look through my Facebook. I am, I am like the hair girl. I love hair. I love makeup. I love nails. I love shopping. I love expensive things. But it got to the point where I would not leave my house. I would not change my hair. I wouldn't do anything. I would shun friends, you know, family. I would snap at everybody. I just couldn't get myself out of this dark hole. Well, it got to the point where I I tried to commit suicide, I think, in 2016, um, around Christmas that year. And then last year, next week will be a year, Mother's Day weekend, I tried to commit suicide that Thursday of that weekend, which was the last time, because I just had, I just couldn't take it anymore, I was tired, I was fed up, I was overwhelmed, um, I have a 22-year-old son that got into some trouble, he's never been in trouble a day in his life, best kid in the world, military, he decides to go off and get some trouble, which results in jail time. So now I'm dealing with a kid that's in prison. Um, so this, I got to the point I just couldn't take it anymore. So it, I literally drove to my grandmother's grave because I wanted to commit suicide there. Um, I needed to talk to her. I needed to ask her some questions. I needed to know what was going on with me, why I couldn't cope with life, why is this thing, why is it happening like this? And when I say I couldn't cope, I was drinking every single day. I was drinking when I was going to work. I was drinking in the morning. I was drinking in the afternoons. I, I was drinking. I was hiding drinks in my hair box. You know, it was just getting bad. Like I would drink before I even got home because I knew my husband didn't want me to drink. I was drinking, 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 drinking. Um, that particular night, I don't know how drunk I was, but I was at my grandmother's grave. I wanted to take some pills. And all I can tell you is I don't know how I got from where my grandmother's grave site is to the hospital. I don't know to this day how I got there. That's how drunk I was. I do not know that. I don't know how I didn't kill somebody or myself. Um, I like to think that my grandmother airlifted me there. And I checked myself in that um, weekend of Mother's Day weekend last year. And that was the best thing I ever did. I finally got the help I needed. I learned how to cope. I got on the medicines that I needed because every doctor that I went to so happened to be black doctors would tell me that I didn't need that stuff in my body. They would tell me that I needed to pray. They would tell me that I needed to, you know, stop, you know, that's, that's for white people. You know, I didn't understand that, you know, because I thought depression was just depression, but I didn't know what was going on because like I said, in the black community, it does, it's not talked about. My husband didn't believe me. Nobody believed me. I had nobody to talk to. So it was really bad on me. So when I got to that hospital, they had to confront it because I was locked in there. And they were not going to let me go. So I had to stay away from my job. At this time, I had started teaching. So I had to leave my job. I had to leave my other clients because I run a business, several businesses as well. So I had to be checked in. And I checked myself in. I stayed there. I dealt with the classes. I dealt with the strict routine of being on suicide watch. I dealt with 
taking my medicines. I, I dealt with, you know, being locked up and not to the point where I didn't have anything, no radio, no phone, no nothing, no TV, unless it was, you know, doing our activity time. Um, I came home. I feel, felt so much better. Um, I decided that I was no longer going to be ashamed of what I was going through because when I got there, I met so many different people from different walks of life. There were college kids there. There were preachers there. There was a lady that was a professor who owned everything. I mean, she was, you know, it was just, it was just so many people from different walks of life that I did not know actually suffered from everything I suffered from too. So I was like, you know what, this has got to be talked about. I will never alone let somebody else or another woman suffer alone when it comes to mental health. It's real. It's a chemical imbalance in my brain. And the meds that I take, they do wonders for me. Um, I haven't had a drink in five months. I see a therapist every two weeks because she, she went down there every two weeks because I also go to a group because I was doing my coping skills group. I graduated from that. Um, um, but I do my groups every week. I am feeling the best I've felt in a long time. And with my son being in prison, um, last year, this time, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Um, he gave me a scare because he got in some trouble back here a couple of weeks ago where he had to be locked up because he's in a federal prison camp. Um, so he's not like some murderer or anything. He's just being a bad boy selling some drugs, but that's a whole other podcast. But um, mm -hmm. he, <laughs> but he, he's in a federal prison camp out in Texas. And so he got into some trouble and he, that, you know, they locked they they lock them up. They call it a shoe for 23 hours a day. I've never in my life dealt with prison. My son has never in his life dealt with prison. His father's never dealt with prison. His stepfather but nobody in my life, and this was so hard on me a couple of weeks ago. I thought about drinking. I wanted to drink. I cried. But, you know, I started praying, and I said, you know what? If I can get through everything else, I can get through this. And that's what I did. So my story is here to be shared to the world that recovery is possible, but you got to just keep on moving, keep on praying. If you pray, you know. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta follow. It's, it's okay to go see a therapist. It's okay to take meds. You know, I mean, I am the. I don't. If I miss my meds, I will run back home and get them. Like I am, like uh, uh, I don't want this brain. I want my med brain because I like it. I eventually, you know, want to wean myself off of it. You know, but right now, it's only been a year. I am fine where I'm at. You know, so I don't have any intention right now of, you know, just stopping, you know, the, the meds just because people think I shouldn't be on them. I don't care. I don't, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't care what other people think anymore. I am here for me, my sanity, my new grandbaby, and I need to stay healthy and sober for them. Wow. What an amazing story. Uh, I was actually taking copious notes while you were talking um, so many things. First of all, congratulations on no drinks in five months. That's Thank awesome. Um, and also congrats on the grandbaby. Those are <laughs> yes, he will. He's the sweetest, cutest thing. He'll be a year in June. So I'm super excited about him. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Those are two great positives. Um, and then I was, I was really struck by your, your story about how you got to the hospital. Um, I think you were definitely guided for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm glad that you were. Um, so, and the other thing that really struck me too, I don't know if the audience noticed, but the fact that you remembered exact dates. Yeah, because... <laughs> 
even when like when my with the fact that I, my, my father raped me at 12 I could tell you everything I had on that day what he bought me that day the drink he gave me the place he was living what was going because those were so traumatic to me yeah. so that brought the that's how I was diagnosed with the PTSD because I would have the you know the bad sweats and the jumping up at night and uh i mean it was just it was, it was so bad you know and he brought back so many memories because i had to end up letting him live in my house i was a caretaker so just think about that the man that raped you that you never talked about ever again because our family don't talk about anything i had to literally take care of this man because there was nobody else there to take care of him I mean, he literally was so, he had a stroke that he was paralyzed on his right side. So he couldn't even wash himself. So I had to do all of that myself, you know? So the, the, the PTSD just kicked in and it was really bad. So yeah, I can remember everything, all dates. I, I really do. I, off the top of my head, I can. <laughs> I think it's, it's kind of weird, but I do. I do. No, I think it's, I think it's a testament to how, how difficult and how impactful um, not only the events in your life are, but, uh, you know, depression. I think yeah. people that don't deal with mental illness, I think, you know, sometimes it's, it's lost on them. They, they don't mm -hmm. know how to help. They don't understand how it feels. And I think that the fact that you remember those exact dates, I think that that should really um, show people the impact. Mm -hmm and how significant mm -hmm. it is. So talk to me because mm -hmm. it took you, I mean, with everything that you've been through and everything that, that you cope with, I, I'm, the audience has got to know, you know, how did you get out of this? I mean, how do you feel you got the strength to actually, you know, make these well, steps forward? Well, I like to say, and I know it's, it's and, and this is my joke. Um, I like to say that committing, I don't know how to commit suicide, right? Because apparently I'm doing this thing wrong because I never die, you know? And I like to say that because, you know, like, what am I doing wrong, you know? But I like to also think that God saved me, okay? I never was a strong believer in going to church or praying. You know, I'll pray because that's what you're made for to do because that's what just my mom and my sister and grandmother everybody made me do but you know you would just be praying because that was something you did in your family no I pray now because I actually hear his voice I actually know things are going to be okay I actually feel it and I said you know what he does not want me gone there's some reason why I'm here you know you just can't tell me he's leaving me here for what and I used to didn't understand that like why you keep leaving me here there's nothing you know, that I have, but I think about it. I just, like I graduated in 2016 with my BA, you know, that was something to be proud of. But when you have depression, that same exact day that I graduated, that Saturday, I graduated, I looked pretty, everybody was there for me. I came home and took a nap because with depression, you're hiding it. So I'm so exhausted from hiding the smile, you know, hiding my, my depression that as soon as everything was over that day, I came home and took a nap. So even with, I, when I had those good days that I should be celebrating myself, I couldn't, you know. So as time went on with the therapy and the coping, you know, I decided that, you know, I do have a lot to live for. You know, there are things that I have not done yet that I need to do. There are people that I need to save. You know, there, there are people that are in my situation who, you know, it's nothing like having a husband who doesn't believe you. You know, he wants to help you, but he doesn't know how to help you, you know. So... So it's nothing like having your family, 
you know, say, well, you know, oh, you're not crazy. You know, it's called, you're not crazy or you're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. You know, stop saying that. I, I hate to hear that word because it's no, it's no such thing. You know, it's crazy just because you are diagnosed with a mental illness. You know, so I decided to start putting different people in my life. I had friends that would take the, bottle, the pill bottles out of my hand at night that would come over here. They were my neighbors at first, but they now they're like my best friend. I like to show up at their gatherings because like it's all these white people and I'm the only black person. I'm like, I'm y'all black cousin. Y'all just didn't know about me, but I'm here now, you know, but yeah, because my best friends are white and I love it because they would come over in my house and take all the pills out of my hand and say, okay, now you can go to sleep. You know, because that's what I was looking for. And so what I decided to do is get all of the negative people out of my out of my place. I, you know, exp I wrote a book to explain to my husband what I was going through. But at some point, you just got to say, you know what, I'm, this is for me. This is not for anybody else. This is for me. So I had to, you know, maneuver and shift away from people, shift away from things, do things different. You know, I shut down my old Facebook page because that was a bunch of people on there from school that didn't even like me 20 years ago, but are on my Facebook page, you know, and I created a whole new page. You know, that's how I found you. I got Chandra as my, um, my coach now, oh, you know, I mean, I, yeah, she, yeah, she's my coach. Oh, yeah. And so, yes, I, she, like, I love her, love her, love her. And, but see, once I switched that Facebook page, I got, to know people like you. I'm, I'm getting to know people like her. I'm getting to know people that I needed to surround myself with to make me be who I am, you know, because you got to have somebody that wants to see you do good. You got to have somebody that wants to see your success. And the people that I was around, just, they were bringing me down to their level. And I no longer wanted to be that way anymore. So that's, you know, like I said, I have good and bad days, especially with my son being in prison. There are days that I want to give up or if a client doesn't call or if something doesn't go right with my business, I get a little discouraged. But then I, you know, I actually do snap right out of it this time. I go and I find something to do. I become creative. I go dig in my garden or I'll go get on Facebook or I'll go create something because once I don't, I don't have to go to the bottle. You know, and I know that my life is not over because I didn't get a client today or my life is not over because I messed up on my podcast or I mean my YouTube or something like that. My life is not over, you know, so I'm okay now with being, you know, I, I'm not afraid of failure anymore. You know, I, I look at myself and I was like, I, I did good. I have done good. I'm doing good things and I'm okay now. But like I said, there are days when I will get, I still have suffer a little bit from social anxiety. Um, I used to be the total life of the party. Now I cannot leave my house. Like I would rather stay home all day long doing nothing but sitting in my house, playing on my phone and just creating and that's it, you know? So my therapist is helping me with that. Chandra is helping me with that. She's like, you got these books you need to sell. I'm going to need you to get out. <laughs> Can't yeah. sell them at home, you know? So, you know, so I'm coping now, you know, alcohol is not, um, it's not a big problem anymore. Like I said, there were times when I needed to take a drink because of my son, but you know, I just prayed about it. So I feel better, way better than I did last year this time. Um, because I didn't know where I was going. I did not know. At least now I have something to look forward to. And that's what keeps me going every day, every day, just surround yourself around people that care about you, people genuinely who want to see you succeed, people who genuinely want to see you healthy, people who genuinely don't who people don't judge you you know the more people you have around you that are rooting for you and 
being your cheerleader, the better you'll feel, the better you'll feel. Absolutely. Wow, there are so many similarities between um, you and me. I mean, with the, the depression, everything, it's amazing. When you, when you talked about um, your graduation day and coming home and going to bed, Mm-hmm. I have so many instances like that. You know, everybody thinks that I'm yeah. the, you know, the fun party girl. Mm-hmm. And when I get home, you know, I'm <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. I'm serious. Then the yes. tears flow. It's like, oh my. Oh, girl, girl. <laughs> I will just take a. It's like taking, like when you're taking your makeup off, and then you just there, and I just, I'm just like, it's like you've been holding it in all freaking day. Like, okay, this graduation needs to be over already. And I, I was graduated. I mean, I was 39 years old, getting my BA because I was a teenage mom, so I was finally doing something I needed to do. I looked perfect. My hair was pretty. Everybody had on purple because of my school colors, and oh, everything was just awesome. That was an awesome day. I came home. I took some clothes off, that makeup off, that hair off, and I went to bed. It's like I'm over it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over it, okay? I was over it the whole day. And people were calling me like, you're not going to go out for a drink? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Wow. I, I don't want to go in a place, you know? <laughs> oh, I can so relate. Um, and yeah. you know, the other thing you talked about is really the people that surround you. I, um, well, I tell you, I have unfriended. I don't know how many people. Mm-hmm. I actually, my news feed is, uh, if my friends listen to this, oh my goodness. But um, <laughs> my news feed, I've made it so it's really full of the business people who are so yeah. positive and uplifting. Yes. And, uh, Chandra's yes, one that's of all I have. Like, I yes. love her. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she's my coach. I had to figure out how I was going to come up with that money. But, you know, I just prayed about it. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go all in. If I'm going to invest in myself and get myself together, I'm going to go all in. And that's what I did. And I just, you know, was like, thank God I could do it. Um, You know, and I have a lot of people like, well, do you need another coach? No, I don't know about Oprah having four or five because Oprah has money like that. I need one. And that's all I got for. So, (laughs) but I'm so happy there. Yeah, yeah, me are our stories are so entwined to being teenage moms and everything so it's kind of our story is almost just the same so I, I don't even know how I found her you know I just happened to be on my new page and she just happens to come up and we started clicking and then all of a sudden I told me she was a coach and that's how we got and that's what I'm talking about your feed needs to be not, all my feed is about women empowering women um you know how you do this in your business that's what my feed is about I don't even care about your little babies I don't care what you ate last night I don't <laughs> I, I don't yeah, <laughs> I, I'm right there I really don't anymore <laughs> I really don't care anymore. I need to know how you made that five thousand so I can make it, so I can go on this trip to Aruba. You know, I, that's what I'm right. talking about now. I don't care about your food from the from some place you went. That's stupid to me. You know, because I don't go in place, so I don't care. You know, <laughs> so I just shut the whole page down today. I, I just did, and then they ask you like, "Are you sure you're gonna lose all your friends?" They were never my friends from the beginning. You know, I got two books out there that nobody bought from that particular page. You would think I should be on the bestseller. You know, I got 453 friends on that page and nobody bought the book. So screw them. So they're gone. Bye-bye. I'll see them in another 20 if I go to the family. 
like I need to go to class for you. Yeah, you know, it's just it is what it is. It's positivity all the time. And you know, a lot of people are just terrified to do that. You know, they're terrified to let those toxic mm-hmm. people go, or I call them ne- yes. the neglectful ones, the ones that yeah. that never come around. And if life goes south, you know, they're nowhere to be found. People are mm-hmm. terrified. But I've got to tell you, yeah. dear audience, get them out of your life. Yes. Please. Yes. I mean, you have to, you know, because what happens is, so what? What? I, I didn't get any, I had started, I own a housekeeping service of over 20 years. I would see some of the friends on that page who say, well, we need a housekeeper. Anybody know a housekeeper? And I'm like, oh, y'all forgot about me? They would literally use another company instead of use me. You know, no support at all. You know, no support at all. But if I had a post of the picture of me standing beside some stupid stand or, you know, something at the beach or, you know, just something stupid, then you got 455 likes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm like, I don't get it, you know. So I, I today I thought about it for a long time because I had stopped going over there on that page. I would go over just to be nosy. But every time I would go, and I kept saying to myself, it's going to change. So let me go over here and look. Same Thing. So I mean, it's one girl that's on there just had a plastic surgery, and she keeps saying, "Thank God, thank God for what? For the money? Because he didn't give you that body, sister. You know, and I, <laughs> so I don't want to see that. You know, I don't want to see people having plastic surgery. You know, that you're wasting your money on plastic surgery, but you don't own a home. You know, I, I don't get that. You know, you're not a Kardashian, so what's the purpose of it? So I just deleted it today. It made me fair enough today. I don't want to see people who are getting plastic surgery. I don't want to see people who are, you know, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. So I literally, yeah, I literally just, literally just deleted the page. But you have to be around positive people all the time or you will get sucked in to their world. You totally will. Yeah. So you have given, I mean, such an amazing story and you've given some amazing advice. And the thing that you mentioned right in the beginning and a couple times that absolutely breaks my heart is that you said this is not talked about in the African-American community. No, because that's, I, I don't know, you know, their biggest thing is, first off, secrets are our biggest enemy. You know, we keep a lot of secrets. And they figure you can pray it away, you know, and, and it's sad because, and I like to tell that story about me going to the doctor because, you know, when you have, de- when you're depressed, you have that body weight on you and it makes your body ha- ache and it makes your head ache. And, it, you know, you have, you go through so much with pain and I didn't understand what the pain was. So I would run back and forth to the doctor. Well, I had the one black lady that would come in and she said, well, let me tell you something. Girl, I'm not giving you no medicine. You you stop that stuff. That's that white people disease. This is what a black physician said. She oh, gave wow. me her advice, but not her medical advice. Then the black guy came in. Well, I'm not going to give you any more Zoloft because, you know, you know, you don't need to be on that stuff. You get those pills mixed up in your head and you'll never get off of them. Excuse me? And these were two black guys, a black man and a black woman. You know, and I was so shocked by that. So I started doing the research on it, and I realized that it's so taboo in our community because we're supposed to, I guess, be strong, you know, especially black women. But I don't know how strong you're supposed to be when you got things. Hell, we, especially if you're living in a project, how strong are you supposed to be? I, that would just depress me living there, you know? 
Again, <laughs> I don't get how you can't be depressed. <laughs> you know, I mean, you are, you know, I didn't come up in the projects. And like I said, my son has never been in trouble a day in his life. I had the best kid in the world. So him being in prison is like, then he's in prison in Texas because that's where he was stationed at. So that means I'm thousands of miles away from my son. But when you see other parents out here, they was like, oh, my son is here or my son is there. And they're like really happy about it. Like, how are you coping? You know, how are you coping? But that's because their children have been in and out of trouble all their lives. And I'm not used to that. You know, so to me, I'm depressed because I have a kid in jail. You know, I'm like, how are you not depressed? You know, I don't get it. I don't get it. But that's how it is in the African-American community. So is there anything that we can do to help, you know, get the message out and change that perception? We got to keep talking about it. You gotta keep talking about it. You gotta, you gotta, it's not a white person's disease. It's not a Chinese person's disease. It's not, it's not that. It's an everybody disease, you know? And I think, you know, and, I, and it's, it's like when we, when, when a black kid commits a crime, you know, it's just, oh, that kid wasn't brought up correctly. Then a white kid commits a crime, they actually say, you know, he had been dealing with mental health for a while. You always hear that. Well, I'm pretty sure Rakeem was too. We just never took him to the doctor, you know, because we don't want to put our kids on the ADD medicines or the ADHD medicines. We don't want to do that because, and of course, it makes us look like we are weak. And I think that's the stupidest thing, you know. So we have to talk about it. We have to ask the 12-year-old boys and girls, you know, how are you feeling? Is there something we can help you with? we got to keep talking about it all the time. It is an actual disease in your brain. You do, people do suffer from it. Everybody. It affects all of us. Okay. So when you, when you hear people start to say it, you know, you, you have to stop them. and say, let me educate you on this, you know, and that's how we have to do it. And that's why I'm doing my best to keep talking about it and telling everybody about it, writing books, trying to keep my blog going because, and I heard the other day when I was reading, right, I wrote, um, a piece of my blog about how the African-American men are committing suicide at higher rates now because they will not go get checked for depression, you know? And it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, you want you, I don't get how you, you, I don't get it. I don't get it. You want to be like this? Cause it's not a good thing. I can tell you that, you know, so it's hard. It's hard, but I'm going to get the message out. I'm going to continue to get the message out and talk to everybody. And even if you have white friends, black friends, Latino friends, everybody needs to know that it is real. It's a real disease and you need to get help, especially if, you know, you don't, if nobody wants to help you, go get your own help. Go get your own help. And that's what I did. Just go get your own help. And that's what I did. Because the, the, when you let it keep lingering and lingering and lingering, that's when it gets bad, and that's when the suicidal thoughts come in, and that's when it gets to the place where then when you're dead, they're like, well, they, we knew something was wrong. <sighs> Too late, you know? Right. And, you know, you're absolutely right, too. I mean, you don't hear about that. You know, when one of these kids goes mm -hmm. out shooting or whatever, mm -hmm. they always yeah, next talk time, about, oh, he had mental illness. Yeah, think about next time you hear something on the TV, look the difference. Look at the difference. Yeah, you know, Tyrone was didn't have a father. That's what usually will come up. But you know, Jonathan 
was suffering in school when he was 12, or Jonathan might have murdered a cat. <laughs> so they know he was going through something. You know, <laughs> you know they know it. But <laughs> Tyrone probably murdered a cat too, but we just called him bad. You know, we didn't, we didn't say that that was an illness. We just said, oh, Tyrone's just bad. No, Tyrone is just as nuts as the other one, you know? So both of them have the same symptoms. Because if you're both killing cats, something's wrong, you know? But when you, in society, we, we don't say that about, and I, and I hate it every time I look at the news, you know, they'll say, well, you know, they, and they never say it. I, I mean, I will challenge all of you, your listeners to go next time something goes, ha, starts to happen and you just kind of just pay attention to the difference between the crimes. You will hear it pronounced differently. Tyrone done something else and you'll never hear mental illness. But then, you know, Jonathan did it and he suffered for years, you know, and that's what I mean because we, they, because they go get help. They probably was helping Jonathan since he was 12 when he killed that first cat. You know, they tried to help him. Some people just can't be helped. Okay, well, then Tyrone killed the cat, and y'all just let him run free. You know, and, and, and he was running around, running around, and now he like murdered four people and his girlfriend. But first thing you say is, well, he came from a bad home. I, I didn't have a dad at my home. I'm not murdering people. You know, my dad molested me. I'm not murdering people. You know, I've been depressed, but, you know, I, I wasn't murdering people. So you got you to gotta just look at the different stigmas of it. And they really put a bad stigma on it in the African-American community. And it's really sad, really sad. Wow. Now I think we just added something else to my list of things that I want to impact. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my, yes, my, we can need all the help. Just keep getting the help bigger and bigger. <laughs> Oh. I always say there's I'm nothing sure. wrong with that. Nope. I was not put on this earth to be quiet. So nope. <laughs> well, Olivia, I have absolutely loved talking to you today. I um again I feel like, you know, some of your stories I've just kind of caught my breath because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that's me too. And I think that a lot of the listeners are going to feel the same way. And I am very excited that maybe we can get this message out that we need to focus more on, mm-hmm. on mental illness for everybody, um, that everybody, everybody needs that help. So um, I'm sure that we have some people that would love to know how to get in touch with you. Okay. Um, what are the best I've... ways for them to do that? I am on Facebook um, at um, Olivia B. Shepherd. Um, I am, and on my my regular personal um, page, you can friend request me, and you can also find my Ashes to Beauty page on Facebook as well. Um, it's Ashes to Beauty Mentoring and Outreach. Um, I have a group there as well that you can join. I'm on um, Instagram, and that would be Black Girl Down. That's my WordPress. That's if you do blackgirldown.com, that actually comes up as my um, blog. Oh. So that takes you, to, yeah, blackgirldown.com, and it's all three words together. And I trademarked it that way, so that is mine. Um, <laughs> so it comes up. Um, yeah, I tra- had to trademark that because that's how I was 
feeling, you know, a black girl down. I literally was feeling that way. So you can always go to that um, blog and look, look at the things that I post. I post a lot of stuff about, if you look at the post from last year to this year, you will totally see a difference. You'll totally see a difference of who I used to be going through this stuff before the medicines until where I am now. It's, it's, a, it's a big change. Believe me, it's a big change. It's a big change. Well, I am so glad, and um, I am so glad that you're bad at suicide because yeah, it's been I a am. delight. <laughs> it's been a delight to talk to you, and the fact that you work with Chandra um, tell, says a lot. So yeah, um, I look She's forward to seeing you around. Um, I don't know if we're Facebook friends right now, but I'm going to hunt you down and find you. Okay. Make sure. All right. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, thank you so much. And to our listeners, as always, I absolutely adore you and love you. And if this is a topic that resonates with you and you want to help Olivia get the word out, make sure you track this girl down. <laughs> so thank you, John. Thank you as well for letting me be able to get the message out. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you found some inspiration from today's episode. If you would like to find me and check me out, you can head over to SuzanneProxa.com. Or if you are a female entrepreneur who is purpose-driven, head over to my Facebook group at Fempreneurs.biz. Thank you so much for listening today, and I will see you in the next episode.